Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the hot barista with the nose ring you can't stop thinking about. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. Ow, ow! And I'm a hottie with a nose ring. Oh my god! And a barista? Well, in a former life. A long time ago. A long, long time ago. I'm familiar with that apron. On today's episode, blood magic, which is in the news, and a soul cake recipe, no blood required. I worry about the one, the blood is required. Me too. I don't know. Too irony. I'm sure you taste it. It's like salty? I don't know. I mean, German blood sausage. That's like yes. a whole thing, and I've never had that. Don't There's plan on it. There's a whole Wikipedia page about blood foods. Ooh. So you can do the research on your own. I was like, this is too much for me. <laughs> I'm done with this. Can't put that down. No. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm doing fantastic. It's still October. It's the tits. Halloween's coming up. My birthday's coming up. Your birthday's coming up. Mallory's birthday's coming up. Like all of these exciting things are happening. I'm going to Copenhagen. Wait, what? Wait, wait, what? (laughs) When do you go? Why do you go? How do you go? I'm going to present La Leyenda Negra at a film festival called Mix Copenhagen. And I think it shows on October 24th. Unsure if that's actually the date. So I leave the 21st. Wow. Day after this airs. Crazy. My God, wish her so much good luck. I know. What's that flight like? Only eight hours. Only eight hours? Only eight hours. Yeah. Not bad at all. Because I've done longer, like, drives, you know? Mm -hmm. So to go over a fucking ocean for eight hours, Mm -hmm. it's not that bad. Yeah, that's like driving to Missouri from yeah, Indianapolis. Exactly. <laughs> like, cool, I'm not even anywhere great. Or where would that be from here? Maybe like eight hours. Ohio from New York? Maybe you just like just entered Ohio. Yeah, I think you're probably on the far end of Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. think. In and the you're woods. Like, God damn it. Not even there yet. But that's great. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to hear all about it. Thank you. And how long will you be there? five days it's gonna be like a bit of a we're in we're out situation Mm -hmm. so it'll be a lot of fun and i'm very excited how are you doing what are you up to i'm good i'm gearing up for your birthday Woo! and yeah i'm trying to think of literally anything oh oh i finished my demonic bodies class oh already yep it will be by the time this airs i'll be all done and it is so sad because i was having such a good time and i I knew everyone else knew that I had a good time because I was constantly saying I'm having such a good time. I'm sure they love that. (laughs) I hope so. I hope it didn't get like really annoying. Yeah. But yeah, it was really great. We had like a guest lecturer who dealt a lot with like UFOlogy and like the intersection of religious practices and experiences of being abducted. Ooh. And there was this whole segment on trauma and how trauma creates almost like these gateways to have a more uh, more direct connection to the world of the invisible Mm, and that makes sense at the very end of the lecture this whole thing this thing blew my fucking mind Mm -hmm. are you ready i'm ready 
Why does the Western world have such a culture of terrifying abduction, religious ecstasy experiences? The idea of having visions, the idea of having an experience with an entity is always so violent. And other cultures tend to not have that. This is because... Oh, we have an answer. This is because the Western world has a religious stricture that says that there is no consciousness outside of our own and that there are not other entities that have a similar consciousness to us, that so much of our idea of consciousness and the idea of being a being, a Mm -hmm. capital B being, is encapsulated within this flesh body and that other cultures believe in the idea of a shared consciousness or a wider consciousness that expands beyond like this realm and what we see it expands beyond heaven that we're a part of almost like this soup and so whenever we have conscious expanding experiences it's fucking horrifying (laughs) and we hate it it always ends up being like a violent experience with an alien or some kind of like awesome sublime in all of the bad ways Mm -hmm. experience that just like shatters our psyche and that and other cultures are like, oh, like, yeah, we work towards having those large conscious expanding experiences. Like, and that just kind of created a schism in my brain for a solid 24 hours. Where are you now with it? Uh, I'm sewing, trying to sew the schism back together so that no <laughs> creepy aliens get in. No bugs, please. Yeah. No bugs. We've got a draft. It's drafty. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's really cool. I really loved it. So that lecture was by Amanda Nedham. And then my teacher was Chris Rack, who was just an amazing historian, artist, researcher, and is getting their doctorate at CUNY right now. So it was just such a pleasure to be around these people and to just absorb all of their excitement. And I hope that they, again, felt how excited I was because several (laughs) times I did say, I'm geeking out right now. (laughs) And they were like, Tara, please mute. Please sit down. Please sit down. Okay, so before we get into the episode, Mm -hmm. we have something to announce. I love announcements. I'm so ready. Hold on. A little bell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm sure that was like. That actually sounded really good. Audio hell. Yeah, it was like a fucking earthquake came through here. (laughs) Attention, attention. Witch Jess has put out some new merch. Ooh. Oh my God. For spooky season and also the holiday giving season. Yes, please. So we have some really cute things that have come out. We have Pagan as Fuck. We have Satan's Little Snack. We have t-shirts. We have cute mugs. We have all kinds of things. Very clutch, very spooky, and also very on brand. Those are over at TeePublic. You can just search which yes in TeePublic. And we'll be included in our show notes. There's a link in the show notes. And... Yeah, buy it for the the spooky spider queen in your life. Hell yes. Hell yes, witch yes. Oh, damn it. Isn't that cute? That's another great merch idea. That would have been a great slogan. All right, all right. Next time, next time. But yes, I can't wait to buy my fucking merch. Oh, that's amazing. Aw, what good vibes, good spooky vibes. And now we're stalling. Oh, God. All right. You know what? Episode cancel. (laughs) No. No. no, we've got this. We've got we this. We can do this. We can do this. I can do this. Guys, behind me. Come, I feel your witch, witchy powers holding me aloft. All these cardboard boxes are just screaming. Ah! Go, Tara! Don't puke! You've got this. So today, we are going to be talking about 
blood magic. Tara looks very upset. Which leads us to a Patreon question. (laughs) Why did we decide to talk about blood magic when Tara is so squeamish when it comes to blood? Which, Tara, I really think you need to take this one away. (laughs) Really think the people ought to know. Well. You bleeped half of the last episode. Well, I thought it was really funny that and super not distracting at all. Um, (laughs) Why are we doing this? We had a production meeting. We had a meeting. Where we were deciding all of the different titles Mm -hmm. for the the different content the different episodes Mm -hmm. yes yes and alicia said blood magic i think it was on the list of potentials Mm -hmm. it's very spooky we try to make october a little bit spookier Mm -hmm. you know because spooky month i was like oh god i don't know if i can do that and alicia said oh but it sounds so interesting and then i did this whole conversation happen i don't remember this part of the conversation and i i remember having this thought that was like alicia seems really excited And I do believe that Alicia deserves all the things that she wants in her life. (laughs) And one time Alicia did say people that are afraid of blood are wussies. And I didn't want to get called a wussy in front of Marcel. And so I said, nothing. (laughs) And then for the next fucking three months, I I would be texting the group like, looking out for that blood magic episode. Oh, God. Which made it sound like she was excited. Yeah. Yeah. And um, little did we know uh, she was not excited. She was very scared. Scared, nervous, queasy. That's all to say that I don't have to do this day ever again once it's done. That's true. I never have to relive this moment of my life. You don't even have to listen to the episode. I don't. I don't have to edit it. No. Nope. And I think that was also another big part of it is that even with the vampires episode, it was really tough. I had to stop a couple times. Mm-hmm. But the assurance that I don't have to listen to this over and over again makes it so much easier. That's true. So, what is it? Because you're fine with menstrual blood. So what is yeah. it about blood blood that ooks you Ooh, um i think it's like <laughs> she's fanning herself it's a simple question <laughs> i think it's <laughs> this is like you talk about your fear you say it out loud and you own it it doesn't and own you, you. Own oh, i have to take off my sweater i'm sweating it's just yucky just like the color like that it comes from something i think that you can't put it back into something i think it's part of that I like had a meeting, uh, I had a consultation at a cardiologist and like the realization that I had a heart by my ability to listen to it was like such an earth shattering, upsetting experience for me. That you had a heart? That I have a, a physical heart inside my body that makes noises. Not a metaphor called like heart shaped heart. No, that it's like a <laughs> That grows bigger lumpy. around Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It is not a Grinch level metaphor for love. And acceptance, no, it is is in fact a horrible ravioli (laughs) that is inside my chest. Is it just because it's a physical ravioli or like if this ravioli stops, you're dead? I'm not afraid of the death part. I think it's just like the thinking about my insides that I'm like a terrifying hot pocket (laughs) is like (laughs) disruptive. You're warm like a hot pocket too. Your little organs love that shit. Right, right, right. The cheese. The the inner core still very cold. (laughs) Yeah. I put it in for three minutes, like they said. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm, barf. I was once in a really terrible student film, and there was a scene where I was shot, and I had to, like, spit up blood. Mm-hmm. And it was actually chocolate syrup mixed with red food dye. Yes. And Classic. Exactly. And I often just try to think that I am, like, the candy man filled with red chocolate. I mean, and that if has- you don't taste it, I guess, mm-hmm. who's to tell you it's not? Mm-hmm. 
someone else would have to taste your blood and then tell you that you're wrong. Okay, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're. I'm also maybe if it's not my blood, it's someone else's blood. I don't want to think about my blood. Okay, okay, just my blood. No, no, (laughs) that's worse. (laughs) That's even worse. Not my one true love. No, (laughs) I'm trying to. Okay. And it's so funny because I can listen to true crime. I can deal with the headings. Mm-hmm. Like I am there with like horrifying serial killers. Ted Bundy, I can listen to him biting women's nipples off all damn day. He bit people's nipples off? Almost off. And that's how they got him because of the bite marks. Because they didn't actually have any evidence, like physical evidence to tie him to any of these murders. And so they actually got him off of That was his signature. What? Well, the titty bite. That was like his signature. I think it was one of his signatures. Yeah. And also young girls. Oh, well, yeah. Bummer. Okay, so okay, I do have a question though. Yeah, is this blood magic shit fucking real? Like, are people really doing this? I too had the same question because when you look up blood magic, like on Google, mm-hmm. you get a bunch of Minecraft. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that like game, mm-hmm. right? It's a game. It's a game with blocks. No, isn't there another one? I thought Minecraft was a game with blocks, but then isn't there a Minecraft that's not a game with blocks? Oh, I don't know about that game. I don't know about that game. That's, I only know about early PC, like, yeah. dial-up internet Minecraft. That's, I am not about that dark web Minecraft. Exactly. I do not play this shit. And I've also heard about blood magic through, like, Avatar The Last Airbender. They had this whole little blood bending thing. So not really magic, because it's bending. It's energy bending. And... You know, some kind of media red herrings, but is blood magic real? You know, you slice your whole palm and throw it on the fire or whatever. Like, your, is whole this, your whole palm? You just chop off your hand and <laughs> toss it in. Magic. I hope my crush <laughs> likes me. And despite all of this, the truth of the matter is, yes, blood magic is real, but it's harder to get to than the first page of Google. Okay, that makes me feel safer in my community, in my apartment. Exactly. So let me go on for this whole episode and tell you how to do it. So. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, bother. So if you are, like Tara, feeling squeamish already, this episode just may not be for you. Skip 30 minutes. And then you'll get to the witches in the news. Yeah, and exactly. that is a safe place. It is a safe place. I made it doubly safe today. I so don't you worry. If you want to like continue listening, but you know, your stomach's doing the ookie gookies, just pause, come back to it when you feel better. Or, you know, fuck, we don't know. Just, I mean, press play for the algorithm. Yeah. Take out As your you're earbuds. already listening. <laughs> and just like, let it, you know, let it coast. But, we're, you know, we're a fucking podcast. We don't know if you pause this or not. So, blood magic origins, which will be, this is the brief history of blood magic. And by history, we're just touching on one event. Meaning that the earliest documented use of blood magic was by the Aztecs. Who the fuck is shocked by this? Duh! Absolutely fucking no one. In an Aztec creation myth, the gods Tezcatlipoca and Quetzalcoatl appeared as allies, defeating a giant crocodile, Sipactli, and transforming her into the earth. So big, big crocodile. She is now the earth. And now the gods are allowing humans to carve into her flesh and plant their seeds. You know, like gardening. It was a very crazy way to say gardening. There was one condition to this, that in return, humans will have to offer blood to her so that she keeps their crops and livestock alive. And, you know, cut to... The thousands of sacrifices that the Aztecs did for pure fun. Because <laughs> they're crazy. Humans were responsible for the sun's continued revival, as well as 
for paying the earth for its continued fertility, so blood sacrifice by animals and humans was required to feed the earth and the sun. I think it's really interesting the level of responsibility ancient humans felt to the continued survival of the entire planet. Like, not I don't want to say self-centered in like a bad way, but like the idea of like, if I don't do this thing, the sun will die. <laughs> Which I I think that's better than how we treat it now. I pee in the fucking street when I can't find a bathroom. Like, what the (laughs) fuck, you know? (laughs) What have we done? She doesn't even. What have we created? She doesn't even curb it. She'll do it on your doorstep. (laughs) She will. I mean, if it's, you know, a little hidden from the road, like your doorstep looks like a great place. Marking my territory. And if you want to hear more about sacrifices and that type of blood magic grossness, we have a whole episode about it. But for this episode, we are not focusing on sacrifices because it's still gross. There are other ways to get blood, and we will get into that. Next question, why blood? Why? Can I guess? Yeah, guess. Is a really cool. Is it? Because you look really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's so cool. It's really punk. Very punk. That is true. Blood in itself is very powerful. Blood is life. Your blood contains your DNA. It has iron, which has strong electromagnetic currencies within it. And it is literally your fucking life force. If you lose too much blood, you die. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. Game over. And since blood contains your DNA, it also contains all of your ancestral line. Your DNA made up of all the little genetic traits of everyone who came before you to varying degrees. So using blood magic is a way that you can better connect to your ancestors. Because I'm sure Grams would love if I fucking drip blood for her. My child, my sweet. My sweet. Why have you called me here? She's like, I sent you those Harry Potter books, but I never knew it would go so bad. (laughs) Blood is supposed to be one of the most powerful binding forces in magic, which this can be good or bad. Good because then, boom, it works. Or bad because... You know, some of the things that you're doing the magic for in life right now will just naturally go away later. But now that you're using this blood magic, you're kind of tying yourself to your wanted results a bit more firmly. So when you're doing a spell and using blood magic, it's giving you a tighter bond to your desired results. Of course, if the spell works. But in some instances, the problem that you're facing in most instances, because this is life and it's very long, the problem will just go away on its own. And things will just get better. But now you've strengthened that tie to this result and there can be side effects and consequences if you have not truly thought it out. Oh, so you put hooks into this beast. Boom. And it's going to drag you away with it because you've put these hooks into it. But if you had just laid low and not... Face the beast. (laughs) And collected your moon blood for six months, then it would have, you know, swam away. It just would have gone away on its own. Yeah, exactly. Like a big caution I learned during my research is that you probably don't want to do blood magic to help make someone like you or stay committed to you. Super, super bad idea. Tying another human being to you, it's like not natural. You know, everyone needs to grow and change and relationships grow and change. And sometimes relationships just have a natural end. There's no point in making your life more difficult because you did this blood spell with your high school boyfriend who you thought you'd be forever with. And now realize he's just a fucking douchebag, but now you have like his child. You know, you've like. Oh, God, yeah. You're making it worse for you. Now we're going to talk about how you get blood. So you go to the blood bank. Fill out a form. Mm-hmm. And then you lay down and you astral project until they wake you up. And you ask, can I keep that? 
And they say, no, no, you're here. No, no. (laughs) But here's a cookie. Exactly. So before we hop into how to ascertain blood, we just need to point this out. If you have suicidal ideation or self-harm, either currently or in the past, this is probably not your thing, my dude. You really do need to put your mental health first. And if you find this triggering, don't fucking do it, okay? Don't put yourself in a position where you hurt yourself and keep hurting yourself. And I hope you heard that. And that's all the warning I can give because you are your own people. Are you ready, Tara? Um, hold on. Come sail away. Come sail away. Come sail away with me. She cries. Come sail away. Come sail away. Okay, I'm on a boat. Never gonna give you up. <laughs> no, now I'm in an alleyway. Okay. I'm ready. You can't hurt me. No. You can't get to me. No one's hurting you. No one's trying. Blood has a bunch of germs and can spread disease. There are like blood diseases, blood illnesses. So if blood magic is something you're actually interested in, you should only be using your own blood. And you should also make sure to wash your hands and properly wash anything that the blood touches because germs are gross. There are two safe ways to get blood. One is by using a lancet to prick your finger. And this is what people with diabetes have to use to check like their glucose level. For the sake of which, yes, this is really the only way to get blood that we're going to tell you about. So the lancet pinches your finger. Most people don't mind it. I think I used one once since my grams was diabetic and she was just like, you can try it. And I was like, okay, sure. Uh, No, I'm a baby. (laughs) That was too painful for me. I cannot do it. I can't believe she let you do that. It's just like a little pinprick, you know, blood. It doesn't really matter. But I'm also like, I got my ears pierced once and I was like, that hurt. Mm -hmm. Everyone fucking lied to me. Oh, it does hurt. I don't know why someone would tell you it doesn't. I don't know. Everyone was like, no, it doesn't hurt. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, well, fuck, I can't just, I need to do both. I'm here to commit to it. You're just like a guy in the (laughs) 80s with one earring. Just one. Also, when you were acquiring blood, you don't need a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Terry just turns away. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. You don't need me. This is a beautiful monologue. I know. I'm great. So it's not about quantity unless you're trying to like turn your home into a murder scene. But that's like really excessive and you should get fake blood for that. Mm -hmm. For blood magic, the blood is more for what your intention is with it not how much of it you actually have. And definitely do not do the Hollywood slice open the palm of your hand type of thing. One, That's probably how you get tetanus. Two, if blood magic is truly something you want to pursue, you just got to be safe about it. It's not worth hurting yourself or accidentally hurting yourself. And the whole point of blood magic is that it's strong. Like the blood itself is strong and precious. So you should not be wasting it. Even though I would love to do a blood pact with someone. Whose name rhymes with Blara. We had a Patreon question asking if there are certain areas of the body where taking blood could have stronger associations or impacts for certain spells. And honestly, I have not found any answers to that in my research. I'm very sorry to disappoint you. But no one is saying that taking blood from your big toe will keep your enemies at bay or that taking blood from your cheek will give you better cognizant abilities. No one's saying anything. They're just like, your blood is just your blood. It doesn't fucking matter. It's all coming from the same place. Yeah, exactly. It's all coming from your heart. The Lancet is one safe way to get blood. The other way is for those who menstruate, using your own menstrual blood. From my research, it seems like most people use menstrual blood when they use blood magic. Obviously, it's much easier if you're a person who menstruates. The use of diva cups or other types of period cups, you just like keep the blood, bada bing, bada boom, done. 
Easy. It was coming out anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. It's like your hair, your teeth. Exactly. Minstrel blood is a very powerful substance in itself. It's taboo. It's part of the divine feminine, blah, 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 blah. And apparently old Nordic warriors would drink minstrel blood before going into battle because they believed the blood had magical properties that could help them survive in war. Is that exciting? That is like... And disgusting. The So I was once told a story mm-hmm. about lacrosse girls at Ball State University okay. and how they would pass around this boot. Okay. I have no idea where this is going. And inside the boot was liquor, but then other substances. Like and toe fungus? Like spit. Yeah. Well, from like sharing the boot? Uh, no, like loogies. Oh, yeah. And you had to drink from the boot to be fully accepted by the lacrosse team, which is just entirely populated by thick, beautiful lesbians. Why, why do they even have a ritual like that? I don't think Ball State's lacrosse team was even that good or noteworthy, you <laughs> know? Don't fucking tell them that. <laughs> They're like, we've got a boot thing. That means we're legit. Okay. I mean, it's not doing much for y'all, but if that's how you want to spend your Tuesday. I have a question. Yeah. Do you think you can buy other people's menstrual blood online or is there a law against that? Because I know that you can't sell certain body parts. You can sell, I think you can buy teeth. And you can buy hair. But I don't think that you can buy like... Can you buy menstrual blood? LeeBio.com. What is this? Oh, shit. I would assume yes, because this is saying it's like $300. And it says you can buy it by race? Ugh. Ugh. It's very weird. That seems weird. And I know there's only two ways that we told you. So either you bleed it out of you or you prick your own finger. I would caution against using someone else's blood in general yeah agree 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 because if you have to like touch it or anything you you don't know like you You don't know what their genetics are carrying like that's just you know that's just kind of putting yourself at risk i'm not saying you're gonna get like aids from it but Mm -hmm. you also just don't know it's one of the goopier substances that like it's really frowned upon to like play with Mm -hmm. up there with it's up there with baby poop and and brains you know i don't know the the trifecta of goop yeah the trifecta of goop (laughs) and you can even use like a little bit of menstrual blood in your plants which i didn't know if you knew and that can help Mm -hmm. them grow like they just eat up organic matter and they're like this is organic so they're like but apparently you're not supposed to put like too much because you can drown them with menstrual blood yeah, you have to be very careful that, I mean, what It's kind like of- a little, it's like a cherry on top kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like a little snack. We didn't end world hunger for these plants, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Don't feel like that. And you have some menstrual blood information. I have- To here, give the people, right? You're written, hi, I'm helping. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So as a person that does not menstruate, I have a- really strange relationship to my period okay i got i don't remember if i told you this but i got very upset when we had to go get dolly fixed because i felt like i was making this like choice for her to make her like me to be someone that doesn't menstruate and how it like would disconnect her from her genitals like i feel extremely disconnected from myself as a woman because i can't menstruate so the reason that i can is because i have endometriosis so i take medicine to stop it it's not like i couldn't but if i do my body will have the bad time yeah so researching this was very like emotional for me 
And I think the emotional part <laughs> The little was, research you did. The very little research was still very, it was, it was traumatic in other ways, <laughs> not barf ways, but in sad ways. And I think that the thing that was really, that I would take away from this entire episode is something Alicia's hit on, which is the idea of taboo. Mm-hmm. The majority of anthropological research on menstruation in mythology centers around what this discharge like means like what does the blood mean i wish i knew what does it mean i don't know no one has the answer and then what we're gonna do with like these menstruating people Mm -hmm. like they can't stay here obviously they're making a mess they are making a mess get them out of here the word taboo because it came up in like all, all of my research i looked at the definition which is a social or religious custom forbidding the discussion association or participation in a particular practice person, place, or thing. So we're not talking about it. It's like Fight Club. We're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. You are not allowed to associate with this outside of this space. And that made it really difficult to research because if no one wants to talk about it, no one wants to write about it. And every time people write about it, it comes with all of these like inaccuracies. Mm. Like we're, I have this whole point later about like projection that I'm going to get into. And in many cultures and spiritual practices around the world, What we do is we take the menstruating people and we push them somewhere else. (laughs) Get over there. Why do we do this? It depends on the culture. It's very diverse. We're diverse and different. And so are all menstruating people. So my main source was this anthology called Blood Magic, the Anthropology of Menstruation. It's a collection of a bunch of papers about spiritual practices around periods. The first thing that comes to mind is patriarchal society's avoidance strategy to people with periods based on some kind of perceived spiritual pollution. So periods are dirty, therefore you are dirty. Cultures with this worldview will bar people from religious sites, from touching certain individuals, especially men, because often period blood is seen to be to men's detriment. Like it can hurt them. It kills them. them. It does, on site. Yeah. And if it touches you, it burns your skin and then burns your son's skin for seven generations. Bummer. And of course, you're not going to be engaging in sexual intercourse, and it can require a spiritual purification process like a ritual bath. Ooh, I get a bath when I get a period. Oh, it's exciting. So lots of cultures actually do this. There's the Ritu Sanana of Hinduism, the Mikvah of Judaism, and the Gusul of Islam. This anthropologist, Win Maggie, studied the Kalasha of central Pakistan in 2001 and came out with this book called Our Women Are Free. The Kalash people observe a menstrual practice where people who are on their periods will travel to this part of the valley called Bashali, mm-hmm. and they'll stay there until they're done bleeding. It's basically like... You get a trip. You get a trip. I love that. You gotta walk down there once a month or however many times that you bleed in a month. They are excused from their home life chores. And while there is work to do, like gathering firewood for other people at the Bashali, cooking food, caring for infants that are too young to leave their mothers, Maggie described it as a long slumber party. I fucking love this. This is great. It was really wonderful. Women gossip, they smoke cigarettes, they eat food, they sleep into the morning, and they rest. Divine. The Kalash people basically said, yeah, it can be like really inconvenient if there's like a cool festival I want to go to or if it's like really cold at night. But for the most part, it's kind of nice. That's cool. They like it, which is all to say that we do have to be very careful of our own projections Mm -hmm. of what it means to separate people from society and what it means for people that have periods and people that don't have periods to have certain strictures set up for them. Mm -hmm. And I have here written... Ask people how they feel about the things that are happening to them. Oh, who would have thought? Just ask them. Oh my gosh. In fact, indigenous people of North America are reclaiming tribal menstruation ceremonies after centuries of oppression and cultural genocide. 
rewirenewsgroup.com came out with an article in 2019 about indigenous groups around the country holding menstrual ceremonies for the first time in centuries. That's crazy. Patty Smith, a member of the Leech Lake Band of Minnesota Ojibwe, her Ojibwe name is Bagwaji Kiwe, which means woman of the wilderness. And I'm just going to quote from what she says. So she says, as they bleed, they're sloughing off the accumulated experience and stress of being a woman. Some of those experiences are painful and may contain negative energy, so we want to be careful that we don't interrupt that process. Our moons are a time of cleansing and renewal. Recognizing this cycle helps keep us healthy in body and mind and reminds the community of our significance, Mm. that this experience that you are having is of significance to you and the people around you and also everyone that has come before you. That's beautiful. Kutcha Riesling Baldi of the Hoopa Tribe in California published a book titled We Are Dancing For You, Native Feminism and the Revitalization of Women's Coming of Age Ceremonies, which is quite the title. Yeah. But long title. I know what's happening in this book. Yeah. And in it, she writes about the settler's gaze viewing menstrual rituals as primitive and shameful. So I'm going to quote her one more time. Prior to European contact, Hoopa women's menstrual traditions were essential to tribal renewal ceremonies, according to Baldi. The flower dance, a Hoopa coming of age ceremony, was viewed as a means to keep the world in balance and tie the community to the health and the well-being of the earth. Young women and their families spent months collecting sacred items, clothing, and food necessary for the dance, which I say, I don't buy my Halloween costume until a week before. Yeah, exactly. Months? This is very prepared. Over several days, the young woman would run over a series of paths and bathe herself in the river at special places called Tim's. Men would later bathe in these sites as a means of strengthening their health and power. The entire community would sing in the support of the woman during the duration of her dance. So it is like this wonderful, emotional, beautiful, spiritual experience. And then settlers come in and say, what They're the like, fuck? Ew. Yuck. <laughs> you do what? And then, of course, genocide, genocide, genocide. Mm-hmm. But I would be remiss to not discuss the wild magical powers of menstrual blood theorized by people. And by people, I do mean Pliny the Elder. He's back. He always comes back. He's I can't get rid of him. He is a bad case of crabs. He was the only one who could write back then. The only one. (laughs) So I want to welcome you to my latest game, Uh Pliny or Not. Oh, I'm going to read you a series of menstrual quotes, quotes, okay, ideas, and you're going to tell me if Pliny the Elder said this or not. I'm fucking ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Women on their periods have the ability to kill swarms of bees. This sounds like some Pliny shit. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. That is Pliny the Elder. Oh, my God. Where did this come from? Why bees? Why not like mosquitoes? That'd be so much more helpful. Okay. Are you ready for your next one? I am. Menstrual blood will kill sperm and prevent you from becoming pregnant. Pliny or not? I would say not because I don't know if they called it sperm. Is that your final answer? I guess so. Yeah. That is correct. Oh, they called it like magic juice or they something. They were like, I don't know if they knew anything about the connection of sex and The baby babies. gunk, possibly. The baby gunk. <laughs> the fourth. The baby smegma. Goop. <laughs> the Mount Rushmore of forbidden goop. The goop that we do not talk about. I am 80% sure a politician has said this at one point. Oh, probably Ted Cruz. A dog ingesting cloth soaked with menstruation will go mad and spread rabies. Pliny or not? I'll say Pliny. I feel like this bitch likes dogs. 
And he's worried about... He's worried about the dog's health. He doesn't want them to be mad. He wants them to be happy. Exactly. That's your final answer? Yeah. It's that or it's the the town in To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> that is correct. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, Pliny did say this. All right, second to last one. Walking through a field of crops while menstruating will cause the entire field to rot. Pliny or not? I would say Pliny. That Did you see wild. this article? No, I didn't see this article. I'm just really good at guessing sometimes. You are very much in alignment <laughs> with Pliny. You feel his ghost. He is here. All of these wild thoughts Pliny's had, I've had them before too. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Hey! Which I thought was so funny because they literally tell you like so many cultures put blood on their soil yeah. to fertilize it. And yet... If I walk through it while menstruating, mm-hmm. I kill everything. Oh, bummer. I guess I'm going to have to stay home today. <laughs> and I'd take my mikvah. Oh, my God. I've had my period for like eight weeks now. <laughs> Isn't this crazy? <laughs> Isn't this crazy? All right. And then final. Women who could habitate will have their periods sync up. That's just not. fucking fact. Is that your final answer? That it's fact? That it's Pliny or not. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to say not because I don't know if Pliny would care about the women. That is correct. Pliny does not care about the women. (laughs) Pliny did not say this. But actually, this is a myth. I don't know. This doesn't actually happen. But it does happen. So how do you explain that? I can't tell you. But science has said that (laughs) there's no... science is wrong. Science doesn't know shit. We're talking about witchcraft. (laughs) Who needs vaccines? (laughs) But science said, no, this isn't a thing, even though in my life it has become a thing. Yeah. So I think that it's this just is coincidence. a situation where most people that have periods, their periods come 29 to 28 days apart mm-hmm. and that the chances of you syncing up with someone are just high enough that it's as if you have two blinkers on two cars. And at some point while they're blinking, because they're going at different rates, they'll sync up. Don't you have like a 25% chance or something? Like once every four weeks kind of chance. I turned off I when know. you said math. I know. I, Y'all? 25% chance of what? Stinking up. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who's the scientist? Neil deGrasse Tyson's back there call? like measuring periods. Sometimes I think we're all just secretly on our period at the same time. I mean, if we have such a taboo and nobody's talking about it. And nobody's talking about it. Hmm? So how would we know? How do, How is the data accurate? We're just all on it. It's just like one really bad week for everyone. <laughs> we all feel it. Instead of it's five o'clock somewhere, it's someone's first day somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right. Before I leave you to once again astral project and come sail away until we get to witches in the news, <laughs> I'm going to share with you just a few more menstrual mythologies. Real short, real sweet, real I'm cute. ready. I'm ready. Mesopotamia's mother goddess, Ninhursag, was said to have created men by mixing loam, which is a kind of soil mixed with clay, and her blood of life. I want you to guess what that means. She just period blooded all over them. She sneezed. Oop. And she inked. They got goop. Everybody. So Ninhursag taught women how to make fertility idols by using this technique. So they would take loam dolls and paint them with menstrual blood. Oh, okay. In hoodoo, menstrual blood can be used in love magic. One of the methods of this, ugh, disgusting, is to mix your discharge into your lover's coffee or tea so that your essence permeates their entire being, therefore making you irresistible. But maybe don't do that without consent. Yes. If you're freaky deaky, that's great. And the articles that I read really held aloft the power of like a consenting love potion because one consent is sexy, 
And two, it kind of creates a blood covenant between you and your partner. But does it? It sounds like you're making them your blood slave. I guess there's no exchange of blood. Exactly. You're not like drinking their blood back. It's like you have like a a little puppy dog now. I mean, possible. Hmm. But what's sexier than a man being like, yeah, I want to be your puppy dog. And then, you know, maybe three, as Alicia said, tying another human to you like that can have dire consequences. Sometimes relationships, romantic or not, are not forever. And that really does have to just be okay. Yeah. It may not feel okay, but it does have to be okay. Do you think you would, you would like, taste the blood, right? I've never. I assume. I mean, like, I why assume. does this taste like pennies? Like, why would this taste different? And you're just like, hmm, funky coffee today. Mm, affogato. Sorry. Ah, oh, my bad. Oh, a new blend. Okay. This mm. isn't the oat milk I bought. Hmm. It's just like you'd have to know. If it's so small and you use a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar. That International Delight Creamer has a lot of sugar in it. <laughs> it's a lot of vanilla taste. So as we talked about blood smells, I'm just trying to make sure you guys like understand this. And if it's period blood, it will most likely smell as well. Because that just came from your inside and gooped outside, you know? And liquefied blood has a shelf life. So if the blood gets warm or is in a room temperature room, it will most likely smell at some point which is why you seal it in an airtight container and if you're going to use it soon put it in the fridge if you're planning to use it later you can try freezing it and then taking it out to uncoagulate before you do the spell uncoagulate that was the word that got you in that you were so good until that word it's like uh too medical i think coagulate yeah (laughs) one time i did have to leave because you coagulated health, health class because they said uh, artery. No, respiratory system. I don't know. What do you do with that, babe? What do you mean? What do I Everyone do has that. Yeah. You just couldn't handle it that day? I couldn't. That's a major vocab word. I made the woman at the cardiologist turn off the sound so I didn't have to hear my heart. Oh my God. She was like, I disagree. It's the most beautiful sound. And I was like, Patricia, I'm gonna... <laughs> do you have a sugar cube? <laughs> Dr. Patty, you and me, baby. Just you and me. Level with me. All right, and this is what everyone's been waiting for and what Tara's been dreading. What do you do with this blood? We've collected it. We have the blood. What do we do with it? There are three ways to use blood. Not three. There are three ways. And the first way, of course, we're not really going to talk about, but this is the blood sacrifice. And this is, you know, grossly the animal sacrifices or even you could give some of your own blood and consider it for a sacrifice. So if you're killing chickens to make a sacrifice, you actually don't even need to do that. You just prick their finger with the lancet. But no, don't do that because that's not consensual either. Don't touch these fucking animals, honestly. leave them alone. Just come on. But why people do a blood sacrifice is to either banish some kind of force that's like super impacting you or to appease the deity of your choice. That is why you do a blood sacrifice. They are freaks. They are freaky, deaky. They are on the level of vampires. It's fucking gross. Then we have a blood spell. And this is where you take your own blood and you lay it on a tool that you're using for one very particular spell. This could be anointing a candle or putting it on a wand or magical tool that you have. This is why I'm saying use your own blood because this is where you're touching the blood and you're putting it on shit. Yeah. You have to make sure that your tool is ready to even receive the blood or it just won't fucking work, you know? You got to cleanse. You got to charge. You can't come with the blood like too fast. You You can't surprise them. You have to think this through. (laughs) Also, you shouldn't be putting blood willy-nilly on your magical tools. It becomes the sentiment of if everything is important, then nothing is important. Oh, that's real. So you have to really choose what you're trying to connect with and how it will aid you in your spell work and your magic. 
That makes sense to me. And you are creating this connection to that tool. So if you're like, oh, what would I put blood on and nothing comes to mind, you need to think about it a bit more. So other people will be like, oh, well, this thing, I already feel very connected to it, blah, 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 blah. And then, yes, 100% do that. But if you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe this or this or this, then it's like you need to fucking chill. Mm -hmm. You need to chill. You need to sit back. You need to think because you're committing. It's a real commitment. Nobody's got 30 best friends. No. She's counting. I have a lot, but not 30. But not 30. (laughs) Using blood for magic comes from the core of your being and it is your life energy being weaved into your tool for your spell work. So this is why you have to make sure it's important to you. And the last way to use blood magic is through a blood ritual. So, of course, we know that a ritual is done in a ritualistic way periodically over time. And you just, this is just for upkeep, you know? Blood rituals can help you stand your ground against spiritual attacks. You take the blood from yourself and you use it in the ritual every so often. Bada bing, bada boom. For blood spells or rituals, you can either use the blood as liquid or as a powder. So to create a powder of blood, one person wrote that you pour some blood onto like a mirror or some kind of like shiny surface you don't really fucking care about, you know? Kind of like if you're about to do cocaine, you would put it on the mirror, then you would cut it. Mm -hmm. Let the blood dry, and then, like cocaine, you cut it, you scrape it off with a razor and like put it in a bottle. And that's how you have dried blood. so much simpler than I thought. Yeah, no. It's pretty easy. I thought it was like we're mixing it with talc or something. Oh, no. But also you want like that purity. You want it to just be blood. And there are some final rules of blood magic. There is an intensity with blood magic. If you're using blood magic for spell work, you need to know the spell and you need to know what your intention is with the spell. You also need to use some foresight and think if there are any possible side effects that you may have from doing the spell because blood magic is known to be incredibly bonding. So this spell, if done correctly, will stick with you for a long, long time. So you need to be like, are there any possible side effects from this? that I should be concerned about. Do not use blood magic out of desperation. So if you're desperate to get a desired result, more than likely, you're not fucking thinking clearly. That means you're not thinking about the side effects, you're not thinking about the consequences about how lasting and bonding this experience could be, and you may be wasting blood for a situation that will end up just working itself out over time. And the number one rule is just don't waste blood. It's special, it's important, it's literally your life force, you are wasting your life force. Like. Fucking take that blood out and knock it on the floor. Like, what the fuck did you just do? You know, like be very, very careful. I heard a lot of people say to not use blood magic to bond with another person like we mentioned before. So we mentioned it like romantically, like, oh, I want Petey to fall in love with me. So I'm going to put blood in his cough. What? Uh, chill the fuck out. You know, you shouldn't be handling someone else's blood unless you're a nurse, blood bank worker or a vampire. But just you don't need blood magic to keep people together when you're going to grow and change and life happens anyway, you know? And we're not, even if you're doing a best friend blood pact, you know, we're not always meant to be connected to like one specific person throughout our lifetime, except you and me, Tara. Like, I was literally it's still like, on. It's still on for us. This is her way of telling me and I just have to make it to the end of this episode. It's going to be fine. Skin intact. <laughs> but it's better to just say no than go through with a blood pact that I've always wanted to do, but it's okay to say no. It's totally fine. It's brave to do a blood pact, but it's also brave to not not do a blood (laughs) pact. But you also have to think if you do a blood pact with someone and the relationship for whatever reason goes awry, 
that's going to just make it like 20 times harder to get this fucking person out of your life. You are so stuck with that person. To conclude our episode of Blood Magic, we are so close to the end, Tara. I am so proud of you. I'm really, there were a couple times. Let's go. Here we go. Let's just talk about the taboo nature and clarify some things. If you use blood magic and it goes wrong, will you die? The answer is most likely you will not die. Oh, thank God. I mean, don't, you know, pierce an artery or anything like that. But even if your spell doesn't work, that doesn't mean you're actually putting your life at spiritual risk. Thank God. Yeah. Using blood magic is kind of like getting a tattoo is how it was described to me. It's permanent on your body, but you don't die from getting a tattoo. It means you got the Taco Bell Chihuahua and now you have to live with that for a long time until you pay money for someone to take that off. That's social death. Social death. Social suicide, honestly. But, and it's also, it's totally up to you because I'm very much like, if I want a tattoo, I've thought about it for months, even like years. Other people just walk in and they get a tattoo and, you know, it is what it is. So it just, it depends on your personality, but it is something, you shouldn't just be doing it on a whim. You should be like, do I really want to do this? Okay, I do. What do I want to do with this with? Are there any consequences of doing that? Boom. Thought of all that? Go fucking head. Collect that period of blood, baby. If your blood magic spell doesn't work, you should just undo it. Just do a reversal spell. Call it a day. There's no need to keep that energy out there from a blood magic spell that doesn't work. It's just, just reverse it. Just be like, I fucked up. Delete, delete. I did this wrong. Delete, delete. Yeah, that's it. Someone asked if Avatar The Last Airbender, bloodbending, is that a real thing? Can you use blood to like control people like that? And that is not a real thing. That's Nickelodeon. Myth busted, baby. (laughs) Boom. Are you a dark bad witch if you do blood magic? Not necessarily. No. No. I mean, like I said, don't kill the chickens. Is blood magic not gross? It's still pretty gross. It's so, guys, it's really gross. But it is up to you to decide if you want to do it or not. Do I think it's gross? It just feels, it'd be sticky. I don't like handling stick. Oh, I lost her with that. Sticky! I just, I don't like handling sticky things. Even like sticky foods, like cinnamon rolls, hate. Oh, I need many napkins. I just, I don't like, I don't like touching sticky things. That is not my MO. So can we spend five seconds just naming some other sticky things that That I would not touch? Um, Sometimes I don't even like Swedish fish when they're like out in the sun. Like that sticky bugs me. What else is sticky? Hmm. Jolly ranchers. Ew, gross. After they've been wet a little bit. Jolly ranchers at all. Just fucking throw that shit in the trash. One time I went to Chuck E. Cheese and I was really, really hot and um, I didn't have any water. And I was like, God, I'm like sweating so much. And so I took root beer and I put it in my hair. And then I was very sticky. You were the sticky one. I would not have touched you that day. You shouldn't have. No. I also, I mean, I don't like soda, but I also don't like that soda sticky. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that works together. I don't know if that works. Can you give me one more? One more sticky. One more sticky. Tape is fine. What if I were like tape? <laughs> Can't do it. That's my line. Can't do tape glue i don't like getting glue like on my fingers and like that residual like glue feeling mm-hmm. hate that mm-hmm. do not like that that's that's solid that's like five sticky things yeah well i'm glad we moved past that yeah all right let's move on from my personal nightmare to which is in the news oh a savior a light in the sky she comes down she blesses us kiss kiss this is going to be 
so nice and light and airy and none of it is bloody. Thank God. First thing we're going to talk about is crispy scream. Ah! Ah! One of the best parts of Halloween approaching is that it ushers in all of the other food holidays. And Krispy Kreme knows that it's fucking time to celebrate. I feel like this is an ad. Like we're doing an ad right now. But I promise it's not. I'm just very excited about this. Beginning on October 11th, Krispy Kreme, now known as Krispy Scream. Adorable. Will be offering four Halloween-inspired donuts. The Abra Cat Dabra Donut. An original original glazed donut dipped in chocolate icing and black sanding sugar. Decorated like a cat with icing and sugar fondant eyes. It's like we're in the Great British Baking Show. It's so fucking cute. I would eat that one. They got me really easily with that. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that sounds cute. Enchanted Cauldron Donut, a glazed chocolate cake donut topped with cream and decorated like a cauldron with sprinkles and a pretzel witch's broomstick. Oh, a salty and a sweet. Fucking cute. A bewitched broomstick donut. An unglazed shell donut dipped in purple icing, decorated with an icing swirl and gold stars, and finished with green buttercream and a pretzel stick broomstick. They really liked that broomstick idea. They were like, this is fucking gold, you guys. And then the spooky sprinkle donut. An original glazed donut dipped in orange icing and topped with a Halloween sprinkle blend. I don't know if I would like that one. Mostly because orange icing makes me feel like it would taste orange. Yeah. And I do not fuck with that taste. Also, donuts are sometimes on my sticky list. I was literally just thinking that. Mm-hmm. There are some donuts where I'm like, I'm down to fuck with you. The glazed donuts, I'm really not. Mm-hmm. They are too sticky for me. It makes me very uncomfortable. I love a donut hole. Oh, a donut hole is good. If Those they... get sticky too, though, but you kind of, you like work your way through it. Yeah. It's kind of like a small increments of stick. Yeah. And on Saturday, starting October 16th through Halloween, you can get a $1 dozen of donuts with the purchase of any dozen so did you hear that buy 12 donuts for one dollar more get 24 fucking donuts that is like way too many donuts dude how are you gonna find that many mouths to put you donuts have to in? like give it to everyone you see on the street like <laughs> what else would you do you're just walking around jersey city with your like two things of donuts handing them out for free that's fucking crazy you look like a mormon yeah <laughs> trying to snatch some poor, unsuspecting person that opens their door. It's true. And can't say, I am not your target audience. I do not like processed sugar. It's like, it doesn't matter. And last but not least, every guest who visits a crispy Scream shop in their Halloween costume on October 31st will receive a free donut, no purchase necessary. That's important. That's why we have witches in the news. We're telling you the shit you can get for free. This is relevant. This is timely. This is so important for everyone to know. Our next story is the Bolivian Witches Market. So we talked about the Witches Market in Peru in our witchy travel episode. But for this story, we're heading southeast and talking about Bolivia. Of course, COVID-19 has hit Bolivia's economy hard, but the city of La Paz is trying to turn that around by reopening their Mercado de las Brujas, otherwise known as the Witches Market. Diego Castro, the head of the organization unit's urban and rural development, said that the witch's market is an area destined for pedestrians and economic reactivation with an injection of cultural influence, which I say, oh, my God, he is like a poet. It sounds like it would be on a sign. The most dramatic thing I've ever heard in my life, the injection of cultural influence. That's crazy. 
The witches' market includes handicrafts such as traditional aguayos or fabrics woven by indigenous people, clothing made with camelid fiber, dolls characterized with typical and folk costumes, paintings, and ceramics. You can also buy dried llama fetuses that are said to bring both prosperity and good luck, dried frogs used in Aymara rituals, soapstone figurines, aphrodisiac formulas, ow, ow, owl feathers, dried turtles and snakes, herbs, and folk remedies. Brujas in dark hats and dresses like wander around the market offering fortune-telling services as well. That's me. That's really fun. And before the pandemic, there were over 100 shops on the market. Right now, the witch's market has close to 40 shops, but it is constantly growing. We are coming back. And hopefully one day soon, the Bolivian witch's market will just be up and fully running again. She will survive. So if you're going to Bolivia and you need something to do, there you have it. Boom. And then our last story for the day is not a story, but it's an article I found that has a bunch of Halloween party puns. And so Tara's got to answer some riddles. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the first one. With pointed fangs, I sit and wait. With piercing force, I dole out fate. Over bloodless victims, I proclaim my might. I can eternally join with a single bite. What am I? Is that not a vampire? That is. But do you want to know what the alternate answer was? Shut up. What? A stapler. (laughs) (laughs) Dad. That's that's why I chose it because I was like, that's so stupid. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Who makes it has no need for it. Whoever buys it won't use it. Who uses it won't care. What am I? You got to talk aloud your thoughts of this whole process. Okay. That's the fun of the riddles. Who makes it has no need for it. Who buys it, it won't use it. Who uses it won't care. Just sounds like my little heart hoping for love. (laughs) Is that it? No, I think you need it. The doctor literally told you you need your heart. No! Okay. Okay. I'm cycling through monsters. It's not a mummy. It's not a spooky cat. Okay. That's not helpful. What could it be? A jack-o'-lantern? I don't know. Keep coming up with stuff. You're doing great. There's no time limit. We'll just cut this riddle out. Okay. Okay. Who makes it has no need for it. Okay. So it's a thing that can be made. Thing that's made. Mm -hmm. It's a thing that can be bought. Mm -hmm. And it's a thing that can be used. Mm -hmm. It's Halloween candy? No. Damn it. <laughs> Who makes it has no need for it. Yeah. You're like the people at the Hershey factory. <laughs> <laughs> That's a correct, a correct answer. Um, okay. And I've bought for someone else who won't care about using it. A clue. Okay. You haven't bought this. I've never bought this. You've never bought this. But have I been given it? Have I used it? You've not been given it. <laughs> That's a a cute question when you know the answer. (laughs) Someone bought this for me. (laughs) Is it the keys? Mm -mm, mm -mm. Is it a trusted friend? No, you would use a trusted friend. A trusted friend would care. Mm. It is an it. It's an it. It's not a they. We should have you phone a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Who would answer right now? Who's good at? We're phoning a friend. Like we're on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Hello. Hi, Dad. Um, hey, I'm okay. Did I wake you up? No, I was I was laying down a little bit. Uh, I, you know that kind of sinus, eye watery thing. I got a little bit of that. Oh no! I'm so sorry. You don't feel good. You're on the podcast. Are you any good at riddles? 
blank with a riddle. <laughs> riddle me this, riddle me that. Yeah. Can I ask you, I know you don't feel good. You can well, say, you can say, okay. So this is the riddle. It's a Halloween party pun, okay? So it's going to be Halloween and it's going to be probably fuck, freaking stupid. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I almost said that word. Okay. So here it goes. Who makes it has no need for it. Who buys it won't use it. Who uses it won't care. Okay. It's not Halloween candy. I've been told it's not Halloween candy. <laughs> He's like, God, why? <laughs> So it's a thing that can be made. It's a thing that can be bought. Who makes it won't need it. Mm-hmm. Who makes it won't need it. This makes me feel a lot better that you're having trouble because I've been doing this for 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, okay, oh, okay. I've, I've got something in my head on the first one. What's the second part? Whoever buys it won't use it, but who uses it won't care. Who makes it? Yes. So there's a category because there's a lot of things that cannot be bought. Mm -hmm. Friendship. Friendship could be bought. The love of a woman. And spooky themed. It's spooky Halloweeny themed. Spooky Halloweeny. Spooky Halloweeny. How many times can you say weenie? Is it like a baby costume? Is it a baby Halloween costume? No. Damn it. Ghost. What does a ghost make? Fear. Terror. (laughs) Makes me wet myself. I don't know. No! (laughs) Thank you. You really tried. I appreciate that. Really went through it. I do not know the answer to this one, but I will probably at 3 a.m., so I will call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll text you as soon as I figure this out. Thank you for even taking my call. I'm sorry you don't feel good. <laughs> okay, no problem. I love you guys. Take care. I love you, too. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Listen, the Riddle Master has been riddle-stumped. You've been riddled. Yeah, I've been I'm riddled <laughs> with anger <laughs> and nausea, and you need to tell me the answer to this riddle. The answer is, to who makes it has no need for it, whoever buys it won't use it, who uses it won't care. The answer is, a tombstone. (sighs) Just pure anger. (laughs) That. You were so close with the ghost thing. I would have never gotten it. And I want you to know. That I would never. Because like, you were like, has someone got it for me? And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, they have not. Not yet. Well, it's okay. Are you ready for the last riddle? Yes. You're in a room and there's a ghost in the room, but you are the only one in the room. How is this possible? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm about to fucking slam this. You really are. Right through the center of I'm the earth. I'm so fucking ready. Because re- I'm the ghost. You're the ghost. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Truly a redemption story. <laughs> the underdog came back, won first place, ran. Uh, let me text my father really quick. <laughs> <Duh>! <laughs> you are the ghost. And that has been 
which is in the news. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. For that. Thank you for everything that you brought. <laughs> All the effort, the feelings. That's why I love riddles. The feelings are, they're so raw. It, and when you're stumped, it's fucking frustrating. It's really upsetting. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Well, the nightmare's over. It's time for the spell. You're almost done with the episode, baby, which I'm proud of you for making it through. My dad says, laugh emoji, laugh emoji, laugh emoji, crying. <laughs> <laughs> this episode airs just a week and a half before Samhain, a time of the year when the veil is at its thinnest. She's been working out. She's mm-hmm. been doing crunches. Oh, She's yeah. Thin. Hell yeah. The hungry ghosts of our ancestors and loved ones return to our world looking for a tasty snack. And I've provided you with a delicious plant based soul cake recipe from Ooh. Vegan Kitchen Magic with a K.com. Hit it. Here's what you're going to need three and a half cups of flour. Easy. One and a half teaspoons of baking powder. Gorge. Two teaspoons of pumpkin pie spice. Oh, I love that spice. Seven eighths teaspoon of salt, which sounds like just that do sounds a like a lot. Teaspoon. Why are we seven eighths of a teaspoon? That's like three granules of not salt. I don't even know how you do. How do you measure that? Here's another one. Seven eighths cup of vegan sugar. Just do a cup, or yeah. I guess eyeball it. That's yeah. what I would do. Yeah. Twelve tablespoons of vegan stick butter. I like the Earth Balance one. One teaspoon of vanilla extract. Easy. A fourth cup of plain vegan yogurt. The soy yogurt, it's fine. (laughs) It'll do. It'll do. We're not... The vegan yogurt is not the clutch of this soul cake. Mm -hmm. Half cup and one tablespoon of plant milk. This one used soy milk. I do a love an oat milk. Give me that plain and creamy. And then a half cup of what I'm calling the fun. So that's dried fruits, nuts, chocolate chips... Whatever is going to jazz up your little soul cake so that it is, in fact, edible and not a brick. Oh, I love this. So, of course, I'm going to, we'll put this in the show notes. So don't feel like you have to remember all of that. But I want you to consider your dry ingredients and your wet ingredients and then your fun. Add your flour, baking powder, pumpkin pie spice, and salt to a medium-sized mixing bowl. Whisk it together. That's your dry ingredients. Whisk that bitch. Cream the butter, sugar, and vanilla for three minutes on medium speed. Heads up, you're going to need a mixer or the buffest arms in the world. Ooh, which you already have, baby witch. I know you do. Add the vegan yogurt and then beat it into a sugar mixture. It's going to be creamy. It's going to be a little bit fluffy. Lovely. Add one third of the dry ingredients to the cream mixture and stir it up by hand. Add half of the plant milk and mix that in. So this is our strategy. A little bit here, a little bit there. You don't want to mix everything together all at once because it's going to overpower the mixture. And also sometimes maybe you don't need that much wet ingredients. Yeah, that makes sense. Mix in half of the remaining dry ingredients and then the rest of the milk and then add the rest of the dry ingredients. Mix them all together. It's just kind of a little bit here, a little bit there. Then you're going to add the fun. Fun comes last. Mix it up. Save the best for last. Exactly. Place the dough in the freezer for 20 minutes to chill and then turn it out onto a floured piece of wax paper. So this is going to harden your mixture, but not too hard where it's not malleable. Mm -hmm. Press the dough with flat hands until it's about three fourths of an inch thick so i would say a little bigger than my thumb okay spray a large biscuit cutter with a little bit of nonstick spray and then dip the greased cutter into some flour so this is how you're going to make sure that your little cute soul cake cutter is not going to get all gunky and mm-hmm. goopy. 
cut out the soul cakes as you can. And then once you've done as many as you can, push the dough scraps together and then cut out the rest. We're going nice. to maximize our dough usability. No waste. Place the cakes onto a baking sheet that is lined with parchment or a silicone baking mat because some of you are fancy, I'm sure. <laughs> then score the top of each one. So soul cakes generally just have like a little cross on top of them. But I think that you could really do whatever you want to do with this. Throw a sigil on that. Make the cuts between an eighth and a fourth of an inch deep. That seems really specific. I would say don't go all the way through. Just kind of dap them in there. Yeah. Brush the top with plant milk and then sprinkle on coarse sugar. Place the pan in your freezer for another 20 minutes. This second time, importante. Mm. I advise. And then while that's chilling, preheat your oven to 425 degrees Fahrenheit. Sorry, everybody else that's using Celsius. After the soul cakes <laughs> have been chilled, bake them for 23 to 26 minutes, and they should be crunchy and golden brown on the top. Sounds delicious. There you go. Fucking love it. Now we got some food. Now you're, you needed some sigil. sugar. Oh, yeah. Your blood sugar? Drop in. Because of this episode. Because of that riddle, mostly. <laughs> that took so much longer than I thought. <laughs> All right. We did it. This has been the fucking witch yes. And we have some people to thank. Yeah. We would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, who didn't answer her phone. And to Kevin McLeod, whose music we used in the intro and the outro of our episodes. If you would like to find me on Instagram, I'm Alicia Period Herder. Easy. That's my your name. name. That's it. Easy. Googleable. Googleable. LinkedIn. So Googleable. SEO. Fantastic. If you want to find me, I'm Tara. I'm on Instagram at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. And then you can also find me at underscore little moss. That's my private Instagram. I basically see if you're following Alicia. Easy. We're on Instagram at which yes. Share an episode in your stories, tag us, and we'll feature you in our stories. We also do really cute Friday quizzes whenever a new episode comes out. If you don't like Instagram, you can always contact us via email at witchespodcast at gmail.com. If you like Facebook, we have Witch yes Facebook Coven. Boom. We have an amazing Discord. Boom. And then, of course, we have a fantastic Patreon. Do you want to tell them about it? The Patreon's like fucking fantastic, you guys. For $5 a month, you get an episode every other week. It's on our off weeks. So this is like a weekly podcast for you. Boom. Who are we? My Favorite Murder? Ooh, maybe. And then once we take our break in December, you know, a little holiday break, we will still be releasing episodes on the Patreon. So those people still in the loop. Everyone else, y'all gotta wait. It's just how it is. That's it's it. the rules. It's the rules. It's the rules. But it fucking slaps. We just talked about how to not join a cult. How to stay away from cults. How to stay away from cults. And then the next one is about the Mothman. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> spooky, ooky. And then, of course, check out our merch like we talked about at the top of the episode. It's very spooky and very cute. And I hope that you like it. We love it. And this has been Witch Yes. Witch Yes.